Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley, and I'm here with my partner, Mr. Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix. The best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a lot of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, we've got your bass covered. Yes, we certainly do. Daiwa Reels. You know, We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. But don't forget, you can always check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by Brad Nearman at Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. Hi, Bradley. How's it going for you? I hope all is well. And please, happy Thanksgiving to you, Miss Olivia, and Baby Max. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, our guests this week are Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Dave is going to visit with a young lady named Anastasia Patterson. She's from South Carolina, and she is on the cover of Bass Master Magazine this month. She won a competition called I Am Bass Master. Anastasia is going to tell you what it's all about. I'm going to spend a little time with uh, Mr. William Davis. What? Is this a rerun? No, we had Will Davis on last week where he got his father, William Davis, bait maker extraordinaire. He invented the swim jig. He invented the shaky head jig. This guy did a lot to revolutionize fishing, and he's a heck of an interesting guy, Mr. William Davis. But first, let me turn it over to Dave Kranz. David, take it away. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. They always bring us Dan Johnson. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. You know, it's cold across this country. It's it's pretty amazing how far south there is uh some some cold weather for the uh, the deer hunters and the fishermen and uh, but uh, you know up north here we we count on the cold and we count on a little ice fishing but there's safe ways to do it and not aren't there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, safety is where we always want to start with it. it. You know, I would invite all of our listeners to try it though, whether you're from the south and your water never freezes and you want to make a trip up or whatever, because it's a it's it's so much fun um the fish school up you can catch big numbers it's the ultimate in finesse fishing it's the ultimate in using electronics and i could go on and on but it does start with safety you know for sure we want to make sure we understand the basics of good ice and what's good and what's not and what parts of the lake freeze better than others first and i think safety is always rule number one and we want to make sure it's just really good and ready to go before we even consider going yeah and uh the first ice I always like to go on, I want to know how deep it is where I'm going. And if I go through and I'm fishing for bluegills or crappies and I'm in a backwaters or, or a shallow end of a, a bay, uh, you go through, you get wet knees. You're, you're not going to get any worse than that. It's still not going to be a fun day, but <laughs> you, you, you're not going to uh, die over it. And we don't want that to happen. And um, a lot of things uh, for safety that we can we can use. I, I think uh, that one of the first things is um, uh, a spud. You got to have a spud, don't you? So you can test that ice early. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And sometimes I'll just drill a little test hole to check. And I, I think, Dave, I would even back up and understand 
um, you know, the travel of the travel of the sun um, in the southern sky. And obviously that affects what coves freeze better than others and, you know, uh, what shoreline is going to get thicker first. And I think just do a little research and understand that part of it. But once we've deemed that it's safe, you know, Dave, there's some key things I always bring. A lot of times it's somebody with me, you know, uh, when I'm going early ice. Unfortunately, sometimes we're fishing so shallow because the vegetation is still good enough that those bluegills and crappies can be super, super shallow first ice, which is a which is great. But I always bring about 40 foot of rope uh, in my bag, you know, just in case I've never had to use it. Thank goodness. Um, you know, and just things like that, I think, are important to just think about. I have real good uh, um, spikes on my boots because sometimes early ice, we don't have snow on it yet. It can be real slick. Um, especially if it warms up a little bit, puts a little water on it. So just things like that. Um, but I, once, once we get our head around the safety part of it, um, you know, it's something that, again, it's one of the best, believe it or not, one of the best times of year to catch numbers of fish in very confined areas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on that safety, I, uh, they've come out with them uh, quite a few years ago now, but the picks of life where you can get out and grab the ice, that that's a good thing to have. Like you said, the rope to either drill a hole or, or an auger. And, and uh, I think somebody fishing with you that can help you um, or call for help, uh, that that's important too. But I agree. It, it, and first ice sometimes is some of the best fishing of the year, and it's because they're so concentrated. Yeah, first ice and late ice can be real good, too. But first ice, they're still where we found them right before it froze. And that's what's cool about it is those of us that fish late into the year, a lot of that transfers right over. Um, you know, but now the whole game changes because we're set up dead still. We can be on cover or slightly off it, depending on what our strategy is. And then we're using electronics and playing cat and mouse. And I know there's a lot of people out there listening to this podcast that have done it before and know what I'm trying to say. But those that haven't, man, if you try it, it's uh, you get so much better at your electronics. You're using small baits, um, light line, fish are in a very vertical nature. So there are a lot of times it's a lift and hold. They're lifting and descending instead of going left and right so much like they do when the water is super warm. And it's a great way to cat and mouse them. And I'd say another thing, it's really increases your ability to be able to handle fish on super light line, small hooks, um, and all those things that I think transfer right over to the spring when I go crappie fishing. Yeah, and you said that earlier. I think it will make you a better finesse uh fishermen and not just for fan fish a finesse bass fishermen because because you're 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 so close to these fish and you're uh, you're using line that you would never use so so many people i mean three pound tests can be heavy for ice sometimes two pound one pound uh can even get you more bites but to, to learn that and to be able to handle them and learn how much pressure you can put on make sure the drag is working right or you know or if you're back reeling whatever the case may be but it is a great opportunity to learn about finesse well, what blows people's minds is what you can see. And what I mean by this specifically is if you think about it, ice fishing, you're sitting dead still. We're in a boat. I don't care if you're anchored up or 
whatever, you're going to be moving just a little bit, no matter what you try to do. Ice fishing, you're sitting dead still. So anything moving on your graph is the real deal. It's either your jig going up and down or a fish coming in, changing colors, depending on how close they are to the center of the cone or whatever. We could do a whole separate episode on that. But the reason why we used to have to use that light line is never before will you be confronted with an opportunity where fish get to check you out big time before they bite you and we, a lot of times you'll see them come up to you and inspect that thing we've seen it on camera we've seen it just by looking at the color signals on a graph where they're within inches of that bait and they're not biting it they're looking at it and that's where it really starts to you know feathering a thing on a hold and j- downsizing and making sure you're if you're if you're putting a wax worm on the back of a jig making sure that's fresh uh, different angles of knots to change the angle of the jig as it lays in the water. That's what I'm talking about. You you have to get so finesse sometimes when they're not hitting, but you know they're there. It absolutely makes you better in open water. Oh, yeah, and you said they know you're there too. So there's another thing you really have to concentrate on, noise on the ice. Be quiet because these fish are a foot or two from you in many cases, and that that's crazy that you're you're – they're coming up and, you know, it's almost like they're grabbing it out of your hand. Yeah, there's certain times that's the case. And then my local lakes here, 17, 15 to 17 foot seems to be magic uh, brush piles that either top out at that or are in that general vicinity seem to be where they're at. In that case, you can be a little less stealthy. I'm not driven up to them with a four-wheeler and drill a hole and start smoking. I mean, there's, there's times where you can't take it away from them. Right. And that's what makes it fun. And then there's other times where, where they just micro-analyze everything you're doing and still don't bite it. That's when it gets really fun because oftentimes there's a little change you can make to at least put a few through. You know, and it, But again, it's a, it's a matter of... Uh, Make it, you know, we, we're very blessed. We've got some really cool ice rods now, better than we've ever had before, that can actually allow you to feel that jig and to put in different actions on it. But then you go smoke them a three pound line, it'll protect it and it won't break them. You know, so the, the tools are out there for everybody to be successful with. The big thing I'd suggest people do be safe, do your research on safe ice, but then try it. And a lot of times we're in scenarios where we don't really have to go that far north. I mean, I live in Iowa. We have great ice fishing here. Yeah. Yeah. Then, um, you know, I've seen some posts even this week of uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin or uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin and Michigan, upper upper parts of those states. And they've got four or five inches already. And, and they're going to have more this week because it's cold every night. And, uh, you know, that's that can be be good to get out on. And uh, but again, the safety. The other thing uh, about being safe is ice fishing isn't like pulling next to a guy in a boat. I mean, you can get fairly close to somebody else on the same contour line or, or you know, uh and, and most of the ice fishermen, especially if you're new and you have kids with you, they're going to help you. I think much more so. I, I agree 100%. People are generally speaking very welcoming. And they, they kind of expect it. It's part of the culture of it. If, if people are catching them, the only cut time it's it can become an issue is when you got everybody using a graph and it's the same. They got them set the same and you start to get interference and that type. But aside from that, more times than not, people are very welcoming and they'll help you out, uh, you know, what they're biting or whatever. Or what can even be best case scenario is going out to an area where there's 
a lot of holes out there and there's only five or five or six people out and there's a couple hundred holes out there and you can jump around and dip your graph and find them and just start fishing all you gotta do is pop the hole open again so it is it's one of those things where i would suggest i mean i mean i wouldn't be um the fisherman that I am, and I have a long way to go. I'm not claiming that I'm even close to even there, but I wouldn't be even where I'm at if I didn't ice fish. And I, I tell people that all the time. And I'm talking about bass. Uh, the, here's a, here's a, this is what I mean by that specifically. Drop shot fishing with electronics for bass in deep water is a lot like ice fishing. The people that don't ice fish from Florida and California don't understand that. But if they would ice fish, they'd say, boy, there's a lot of similarities. Um, sometimes you can put too much action on that bait and spook them. Other times you want to just lift it and hold them and make them come up and bite it. Other times you want to shake the heck out of it. It's the same thing. And I think that that's the, the people that ice fish a lot with electronics and especially can figure out finicky fish that are neutral uh it can just be a great benefit and that the technology out there dave right now from the rods to the augers to to the uh, everything even forward-facing sonar uh yeah. to the point now to where it's 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 advanced so much that everybody can be successful yeah always good information from a dan johnston and and uh you know, we covered a few things here, but uh, hopefully we've inspired some people to get out there, get on the ice, be safe about it, have fun, and learn. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Hey, thanks so much, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Star lives remote. And this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say my guests on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. She is Anastasia Patterson. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me so much. Oh, no problem. I appreciate your your story and and uh, what you have to contribute. So you you. Uh, 
we, we noticed the win on I Am Bassmaster, the photo contest, and, and tell us a little bit about that and, and how you got into uh, fishing. I know you did some collegiate fishing, and uh, you have some high aspirations for, for uh, tournaments, and, and uh, tell us a little bit about the, the whole journey. Awesome. Um, well, I got into fishing at a really young age, um, literally before I could even walk. My dad would take me fishing with him um, and hunting as well. And so it kind of became a part of my life and who I was um, from a young age. Um, then fishing kind of became something that I ran from because I was like, oh, I don't see people like me doing it. Don't know if I should be doing it, that sort of thing. Um, but I always found my way back to fishing. And then um, this past year, Bassmaster ran the I Am Bassmaster con- contest. And um, all you really had to do was just enter a hashtag and, of course, have a passion for fishing and the outdoors. And um, that was really all the basics of it. So I just entered the hashtag and didn't think much about it. And then I got a direct message or either a call first. I'm not even sure at this point which one happened because of so much that's happened since. But um, I thought that it was kind of like spam or joke <laughs> at first. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then I got a call from a lady at Bass, and she was like, okay, this is the real deal, Anastasia, and um, yeah, it's been incredible, it's been crazy, my life has changed already in the past, like, three days or so, but um, a lot of doors being open, and I've gotten to do a lot of podcasts, and I thank you for letting me be on yours. Oh, absolutely, uh, I like the, the path that you started as a youngster, and, and uh, most of us that started fished with a dad or an uncle or or uh, a grandfather or, or something like that. Uh, you, um, you, so now you've got this recognition and you, you have fish tournaments already. Tell us a little bit about what you've done on, on tournaments. Yes, sir. So um, I've done tournaments locally for my whole life almost. Um, but nationally, I got to be one of the founding members of the bass fishing team at Presbyterian College, um, which kind of opened the door into the fishing industry for me and let me see uh, tournaments from a whole new perspective, um, getting to compete at a higher level with a lot more competition. Um, and then right out of college, I started fishing the BFLs and the Carolina Bass Challenge, and I fished some Toyotas. Um, I actually got second this year with my friend Brianna and the um, ICAST Cup on the uh, Team USA side, and I think 20th or 19th overall, so that was pretty cool. Um, and hopefully maybe next year we can pull out a first and make team usa but um i'm not sure exactly where i'm going to fish next year yet i might fish with mlf and bass it just kind of depends um you know financially and then all my sponsors think it's going to be the best move for me as well yeah absolutely and both both leagues have uh something to offer and uh, i uh, personally fish uh, the Toyota division, uh, the Northern division, and I do that because it's only three to qualify to make their championship, and doing everything I'm doing with my retail store and the, the media and everything else I have going on, it's it's uh, easier just to do commit to three rather than try to do nine uh, yes, to, to make the elites or, or the BFLs, which is uh, you're competing against... Uh, at any of these levels, very, very good uh, fishermen and fisherwomen, and and that's that's you know either direction you go, I don't think you can go wrong. You said uh, you're you're uh, consulting with your sponsors. Who's who's helping you along here? Who do you have as sponsors so far? Because I'm sure you're going to get some more. Yes, sir. Um, I'm sponsored by Striking Lose, uh, X2 Power, Buck and Bass, Revital Outdoors, uh, Simpsons Hardware and Sports. 
Claritin Club, Dillard Financial Solutions, Sublime Lure USA. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody for sure. Um, <laughs> and I also have a lot of local sponsors that help me um, with things throughout the year. And um, I work at a duck hunting club at, and I do weddings and events. So whenever I'm not fishing, I'm probably hunting or planning a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, have, have you ever had any uh, buddy uh, combine the two? Say that again. Have you ever had anybody combine the wedding plan, including hunting? Oh, uh, yes, sir. A lot of our brides actually will add on uh, at least fishing. There's been a couple that have done the hunting. We had a hunting proposal last year uh. in the duck line, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's really cool to get to, you know, mix the best of both worlds together. Um, two things I'm really passionate about. Um, so, that's a pretty cool opportunity. Excellent. Do you have a timeline that you have to kind of commit to one or the other of what you're going to do? Is that coming up pretty quickly, or you got a little bit of time on your hands to uh, to decide which direction you're going to go, Major League or BASS? Um, I wish I could say that I have uh, all the time in the world, but that's not the case. Um, hopefully, you know, by the 15th of December, that week before Christmas, I'll know something for sure. I don't want the opens to get full because, I mean, it would be incredible to fish all nine opens. I just don't know if that's going to be the best bet for me. Um, I would like to say that it would be, and I would love to make the elites, you know, in a year, but I'm just not sure. I've been praying about it, and I don't have the clarity that I need to make that decision yet. Um, so I'm kind of giving myself, you know, a little under the next 30 days, and I know that the, the Toyotas probably will get full too, but... I just, I love uh, fishing the BFLs. I know that's not, there is room for gross, like make the All-American, that sort of thing, but I don't want to fish the BFLs forever. um, No, no, and I think jumping to the next level, you find out where you sit and uh, you'll see a lot of the top level uh, pros drop down to both of those, uh, the Toyotas and and the Opens, uh, especially if they have that week open or time open. And and, uh, it'll be good because you'll get to compete against uh, top-level people. Uh, Not that the BFL guys aren't. Regionally, they're probably the best fishermen in the world in those areas. There is no doubt. Uh, But I think on a national level, you'll see more of the national uh, players that – can get away and not just do a weekend tournament is that part of your consideration also um yes sir for sure uh obviously fishing the bfls if i fished other divisions outside of south carolina say i fished the bulldog division i'm going to be competing against some of the best guys in that region for sure um so it does give you a competitive playing field in that sense but I've had the opportunity to fish with some of the biggest names in the industry, just fishing for fun, fishing in tournaments, that sort of thing, and kind of know what's expected um, at that level. And I think that I am ready to fish at that level. Um, For me, it's really not a fishing thing. It's just, you know, I, I know a lot of people think that it's so cool to fish for a living, and that is really true, but there's a lot of financial stuff that comes along with that. Um, so that's kind of where... I just don't, I, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do yet. Yeah, for many uh, uh, professional f- fishermen and women, they it's not just the fishing, it's a marketing position. You're there to sell products for your sponsors and to help them uh, educate people about those products. Uh, do you have certain techniques? What What's your... your uh, your go-to uh, technique? Do you have one or do you do them all? Or what, what do you like to, how do you like to catch them? Uh, I 
I am pretty diverse, but I love to catch them like in the dirt because I live on Santee Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I'm in between a very strong frog fisherman. I love throwing a crankbait, especially the XT series, um, between a 1.5 and a 3, depending on the time of the year, really, mm-hmm. are my strongest. And then, um, of course, being on Santee Cooper, you have to learn how to throw the wacky rig. And I've actually thrown it in places people probably wouldn't and caught decent fish. Um, my least favorite would definitely be the Carolina rig, which is kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, And so I'm pretty strong fishing deep, like with a drop shot. Um, I've learned to love the Ned rig a little bit myself. So I kind of have a little bit of different, different things that I bring to the table um, that I all have confidence in. But that just—that's just from spending time on the water a lot. Absolutely, and and no matter where you go, you eventually you're going to have to fish some of those uh, deep, clear bodies of water, probably like Saint Clair and and uh, Lake Champlain, and and maybe the Great Lakes region, and some of that that would be more uh, brown bass than than largemouth or spots. Uh, you have confidence yes, in catching smallmouth. <laughs> Um, I don't have the most confidence in catching smallmouth, but I have spent a lot of time, um, even this past year, uh, exploring new lakes with smallmouth and getting more comfortable with smallmouth, getting more comfortable, just like, you know, even boat position out deep on a lake like St. Clair and knowing what angles fish set up deeper, that sort of thing, especially whenever, you know, fishing deep on Santee Cooper or fishing deep, even on Lake Murray, um, is a lot different than up north. Um, so I've kind of learned that a little bit, but I definitely have a lot more room to grow as far as smallmouth are concerned. Yeah, and, and it used to be that uh, most of the people fishing at higher levels of, of BASS or Major League Fishing or, or FLW when it was in its heyday, the um, uh, very few of those anglers had a spinning rod in a boat. And now if you're not an expert with a spinning rod, you're not competing at these levels. Yes, sir. I think that's a thousand percent the case. Um, and especially if you're really confident with a spinning rod, you could take a spinning rod almost over a bait caster for nine out of 10 techniques and be more accurate. Um, you know, even getting under a dock or that sort of thing, skipping under it. Um, and going deep and just knowing like when you're at the bottom, just cause I feel like with the spinning rod a little bit, you can feel a lot better sometimes. There you go. There you go. Well, we look forward to, uh, uh, following your, your fishing career and I'm sure you will have one and, uh, enjoyed the, uh, seeing that you won the I am Bassmaster, uh, contest and, uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again and we thank you for your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. God bless you. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Uh, excellent. That was Anastasia Patterson. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, we will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta.
We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. You know, if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. Okay, our next guest. Pay attention to this one, folks, because uh, I don't want to confuse everybody. Our next guest's name is William Davis. Huh, I've heard that one before, you might be saying. Yeah, because our, our uh, main guest last week was Will Davis, a young fisherman who uh, earned entry to the Bassmaster Classic and the Elite Series this year. This is not the same person. This is William Davis. And he is the father of young Will Davis. Now, why do I have Mr. William Davis on? Because he's one of the most interesting guys in the fishing business. He has invented some incredible items and has, in my estimation, revolutionized the sport of bass fishing in a number of ways. I'm proud to introduce Mr. William Davis. Hi, how are you, sir? Good morning. Thank, thank you for having me this morning. I, I'm more than happy to. Do, do you? I said, made a bold statement there, and I said it to your son last week about you. I said, you revolutionized fishing. Do, do you ever look at it that way? Could you be bold enough to say that that is true? Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I think we've introduced several lures that uh, has made fishing a lot better for sure. You know, I, 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 when I was talking to young Will, I said, uh, I said this is revolutionary. Used to watch uh, uh, tournament bass fishing, and it was power fishing. You know, spinner baits and docks, uh, cranking hard. You want a, a faster gear ratio uh, so you can retrieve quicker because it was all about speed. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, there's tournaments being won right and left by guys tossing a shaky head jig which is one of the slowest ways you could possibly fish. So you went, took fishing from going 100 miles an hour on the highway to, to doing 20 miles an hour on a side street with a school on it. Uh, I, I just think it's amazing how your efforts expanded fishing and added so many different 
uh, techniques and approaches to what guys do to go out there, catch fish, and win money. And, and I thank you for all you've done. Well, you know, it's uh, I have to give all the credit to the big man. The good Lord has just gave me enough knowledge to um, put it back into the fishing industry, and uh, he's he's made me love fishing and. Um, you know, the shaky head deal, that was, uh, people still don't know today about the shaky head, and we've been doing it for 45 years now, but back when the FLW started uh, their series with co-angler side, that, that really became popular for us. So uh, the co-anglers were out fishing the anglers, and everybody wanted to know what was going on, and it was all about the shaky head and shaky worm. Interesting. Uh, if I was to take what you say on face value, I would say that the, that the professionals, the big names, are less likely to try new things because of what you just said. Am I reading that right, or, or am I stretching too far? Well, they, a lot of the a lot of the uh, pro anglers um, have a way that they fish, and they don't try new things. A lot of them don't try new things. Some of them do, but. You know, they're fast learners. So when the co-angler out of the back of the boat is catching them better than you are, which you're a professional angler, uh, most of the time it doesn't take them very long to pay attention to what's going on. That's for sure. Are, are they allowed to uh, borrow equipment from the co-angler? You know, as far as I know, uh, they can. I know that a lot of our tournaments that we fish, I fish a uh, as you know, Will Jr. He he fishes the the angler side, and I fish the co angler side. And uh, you know, as long as you don't throw past the console of the boat, you can pretty much share anything. So that's uh, that that's a huge deal for for the anglers that the co angler gets to teach them how to fish this shaky head. <laughs> that that is absolutely amazing, and, and uh, you know what that that's a. Uh, uh, interesting to think about because when you think about pro anglers, you figure they have seen everything. They've got everything available to them. Yeah, you got a, a boat with thirty rods uh, tucked away and more equipment, more lures, uh, more presentations than you could possibly think about. But there's always something that they don't have or they don't know about. And and I get the biggest kick out of going in. Uh, the night before a big tournament, and I'll go and stop at a Walmart and walk around, and oh my God, I'm seeing some of the biggest names in the sport. They're standing in, in, in uh, Walmart picking uh, picking things off of pegs uh, because they got to have this. Uh, they, they don't have it; they need it. They're not going to be able to compete without it. And, and you're in the checkout line, and, and you got the top anglers in the world putting out their credit card and buying equipment at the last minute. That always knocks me out, but that's the truth, isn't it? It is very much so the truth. When we have, uh, we live right here on Lay Lake, and when when the big shows come here, you can go to these local tackle stores and watch the guys come in and just load their baskets up full of tackle. And of course, I'm one of those guys. So, <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. Everybody's got to have the exact same thing because their brother-in-law's brother's cousin caught some fish on it. So. <laughs> That's the way all that works, for sure. That That is the truth. The, the other thing I enjoy is you'll see one of these big-name guys who's got his basket, and he gets to the peg he wants, and he takes every one 
off the peg. So he's he's got every you know if it's say it's a color, uh, and he takes every one of them and he's got to. Why does he need all those packages of of, of plastics? Well, he doesn't need them. He just doesn't want the next guy to have them, so he takes them off. Absolutely. Off. Yeah, he doesn't want the next guy to have what he's sketching them on. So <laughs> if they're 12 or 24 on the pig, he just gets up there and rakes them all off. And it's, uh, it's pretty comical sometimes, that's for sure. Oh, without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Now, you own uh, the Davis Bait Company. The Davis Bait Company was uh, spawned off of a uh, successful fishing career. You had a partner. You had a different name. You bought your partner out, and you changed the name of it to the Davis Bait Company. Uh, how long? Yes, how long have you been in business, and how are you doing? Well, we've been uh, in business a total of uh, forty-five years. I actually started um, a fishing company that was called Proline when I was fifteen years old, and uh, you know it's been a, it's been a blessing that we've been able to. to uh, be in the business this long and meet a lot of great people and you know, this is what God wanted me to do um, I was also working for a local paper mill and you can see all this in my bio on our website babysbait.com it's uh, I, I just was my son little Will Jr. was growing up without his daddy so I chose, uh, I left a job after 20 years just to do this full time. So that was in 1999. And by the grace of God, we're still, we're still doing business. Business is good. Um, still having some trouble getting a lot of the parts manufactured, but we're, you know, we're still alive and it's all good. Yeah. Manufactured for a lot of different companies. So that's kind of helped us also. Oh, that is good. That is good. Uh, what, what paper mill did you work for? Um, I work for Kimberly Clark Corporation here in Chulisburg, Alabama. All right, fair they enough. Make, uh, at that time, they made newsprint, uh, tissue paper, and uh, the huggy diaper material. Oh, no kidding. No, yes, sir. No kidding. Uh, that, that's amazing. I, you know, I was in the paper business, uh, but it was more printing paper uh, for many years. And I know people don't want to hear us tell paper stories, but... I, I just always thought this was interesting. I met the guy that, that invented the disposable diaper for Kimberly Clark. And, oh, my. And he said, you know, he didn't get nothing for it because he was an employee of Kimberly Clark at the time. But he said that when he invented those, he imagined they would be sold in packs of three. And moms would keep them in their bag for emergencies. And they would, he thought it would be a good product, but he had no idea that, they were going to take over from cloth diapers and be sold by the millions and billions. Uh, he thought was happy if they were sold by the thousands. So that just isn't that something. Yeah, Man, I, I love to hear good stories like that. That's for sure. I would have liked to heard he, he got a lot more money than he did from it, but it, but it is a great story, and uh, it, it it shows you that some people have bigger visions than others. And did you have a huge vision when, when you invented the swim jig? You know, is it, you know is it, that was a that was a kind of a deal to where um, I didn't have a big uh, vision for the swim jig. I just knew that when we ran across it by a retrieve that the bass really liked that. I just I was thinking my vision was 
that that we were going to be able to win some money to buy groceries with at these tournaments. So that's that's kind of what my vision vision was, and and we have taken that that swim jig deal all across the United States, and I don't know of any like that it doesn't work anymore. So, but we've revamped it. We've got a bunch of different styles, and a lot of that's due to personal preference. Um, but uh, that's another one of those blessings that the big man gave us, you know, because I'm not very smart, but sometimes he uh, he throws us a bone, and uh, I'm glad I was uh, awake when he threw us that bone. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, it's funny that the subject came up. I was talking to our mutual friend, uh, Mr. Ken Duke from Fishing Tackle Retailer. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, and uh, he, he turned me on to you and, and, and Will. And talk about uh, talk about timing. He sends me a, a, an email. He says, this is, I got a guy you ought to have on your show, uh, uh, two guys. One is uh, Will Davis. The other is William Davis. And I put it on, I put it out. I put it on my desk. And the next week, I'm getting a press release saying that that uh, your son just won the tournament, and he's going to be fishing the elites in the uh, uh, in the Bassmaster Class. I says, man, that uh, that Ken Duke's got some pretty good timing uh, coming out. Tell me, telling me about Will Davis, uh, the the week he wins this huge event. Uh, so you know, hats off to Ken Duke, and I thank him for introducing me to you. But in the conversation, you know, William, in the conversation. He said, uh, you know, who invented the, the swim jig? And I said, nobody invented the swim jig. It's a swim It was always a swim jig, you know? He goes, oh, he says, uh, <laughs> William Davis invented the swim jig. I said, oh, that, that can't be. That's like saying who invented fishing line, you know? No, no, Steve, you're wrong about that. You got to talk to this guy. Do, do you feel that uh, – do, do you feel – complimented when you hear something like that are you humbled to hear that you have created a, a sensation it uh you know that's when you say that you've invented something or or, or created a, a way of fishing um i'm very honored to hear that um there's been a lot of people that's invented a lot of stuff that people never will ever hear about um, the, the swim jig deal has been going on since around 1978. So it's been out there a while too, just like the shaky head. And, uh, you know, Ken gave us credit for that. And, and, uh, it's, I'm just, you know, I'm very honored that, 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 uh, he brought that up. That's for sure. Yeah. Smartest man in the business. And he, he's never told a lie in his life. So if he says it, I'm going. That's for sure. <laughs> I need to take a real quick break. Uh, we'll come back uh, with more William Davis. This is Steve Sarley. You're listening to We Fish ASA. We'll take a quick break. Come back with uh, the inventor of the swim jig, the inventor of the shaky head jig. Uh, boy, this guy's gotten a lot of people to catch a lot of fish with his methods and his products. He is William Davis, and we'll be right back. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. 
built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley here with William Davis from the Davis Bait Company. Interesting gentleman, and I do mean gentleman. This is a, a, a good man, and... Uh, He's, he's done well. Probably could have done better in his life if he was a shameless self-promoter like a lot of guys in the bait business are, but he just goes to work, does his job, and helps people catch fish. What more can you say about a guy like that, huh? Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's you know, to be honest with you, the feeling that I get by the fish and the lures that, that we make and have designed, it's a great feeling. And, and when we hear these stories about whether it's young or old, male or female, catching fish off our lures, that, that does me really good. That's, that's a plenty pay for what we do. And when we can make people happy, then uh, we feel like we've uh, done our job. Yeah, exactly right. Ex exactly right. And uh, I said, shaky head jig is another one. Well, people have always fished that. That's not nothing. No, it, it. I'll tell you what. Shaky head jig had to be invented by somebody because it didn't name itself. And I don't know any. You got to have a, a pretty good imagination to name something shaky head, don't you? Well, that's kind of the. It just came off the technique that we were using. And you were talking about the diapers while ago and how they were wanting to put three in a pack. When we first started uh, promoting and, and actually uh, putting these out for the fishermen, we did one head already rigged in a worm, kind of like a, maybe an old cream worm with a spinner on it. you remember those? Sure, sure. And that's the way we started off. Now we put the worms in 10 packs, 100 packs, we also put the heads in five packs, 25 packs, and 100 packs. Hmm. So that way the, the people get a better deal uh, on the bulk bags that really enjoy fishing them, or the people don't have to spend a whole lot of money just to try them. So, you know, we covered kind of both avenues with that, the way, the way we sell them, that's for sure. And, and I, would, I would tell it before I forget, you know, if you go to davisbait.com, that's it, right? 
Yes, sir. DavisBait.com. DavisBait.com. Uh, you check out the jigs and, and, and the heads, and you got some plastics on there, too. But you also make a, a, a pretty gosh darn good uh, spinner bait as well. And I don't want to give that, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to miss giving credit for that because that is one heck of a uh, lure. And different in the fact that uh, uh, you're very limited in what you've put out. It seems like anybody who makes a spinner bait it makes uh, makes a buzz bait at the same time. You have not done that, and it seems like you tend to specialize more in the heavier weights of spinner baits. Um, the reason, well, we make them from a quarter all the way through an ounce and a half. But what we're what we're really known for is these bigger spinner baits. They're more compact, and people have won lots and lots and lots of money on these baits by throwing them the same place you would a, a deep diving crank bait. So that's another technique in itself. So uh, we're kind of known for that, especially around the Lake Eufaula area. Uh, there's been some really big bags caught down there. We've caught a few ourselves, but some of those ledge fishermen and brush pile fishermen down there, they, they, they buy these baits by the hundred. Uh, which just blows me away, but they'll, they'll fish these brush piles out in 20 foot deep and they, uh, they do really well with them. That's for sure. I read something. I, I, I can't put my finger on it right now, but it was an interview with you and people were talking about how they, they respect the, you can, you can, you can, you can see the quality of your products just by looking at them and feeling them. And uh, that fishermen tend to want to retrieve a Davis bait that has been hung up on the rocks or hung up on the woods. Uh, rather than just snap it off, they, they prefer to get it back because they have a respect for how this product is made. They're looking at it and they're going, man, this is, this is artwork for Pete's sake. I'm not going to the, let the lake take it from me. Uh, what more can you say uh, uh, to honor a bait that, than that? You know, um, heck, baits are disposable. People don't care. I mean, nobody wants to waste money. But uh, I don't necessarily respect the bait like people talk about your baits. Well, you know, everything we do is made right here in Alabama. Um. It's made with a lot of love, and everything is basically custom. We custom order. We make stuff custom to order, so, um, you know, everything is, is as good as I know how to build. So we've made a lot of mistakes over the years building products, uh, and uh, we're, we feel like we're on the other side of learning, so uh, we always learn, but we feel like we build the best, you know, the best that we know how to build. I think that's uh, I think that is wonderful, and it's got to give you a, a sense of satisfaction. I asked your son, uh, uh, Will, Will Davis Jr., about the shaky head, and I said, you know, if you ask a lot of people, they, they and said who started the shaky head, they come up with a different name. It is not William Davis, and that is uh, Mr. Mike Mike Iaconelli. And I said, hey, does Iaconelli send your dad a check every once in a while for? Uh, uh, making his career with that shaky head because uh, uh, it almost it almost seems like Iconelli would like to take credit for inventing it. Uh, he may have p- 
popularized it uh, on the last go round, but he certainly didn't invent it. And I think he owes you something for that. Well, he can send us a check anytime. Uh, Mr. Akinelli is a fine guy, but <laughs> you know it's not. It's uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny. But if you look up the trademark name, um, Shaky Head, Shaky Wormhead, all that belongs to us, and we've been copied probably as much as the plastic worm. So you know we're in one way we're really humbled by the people that trying to knock us off and then the other way we spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to protect the name shaky head or shaky worm or shaky worm head people spelled it a lot of different ways but by the federal mark trademark that we have shaky it doesn't matter how how you spell it or how you say it it still belongs to us so that's uh, kind of unique that's for sure have you spent a lot of time in court over the years? We have. We've actually, uh, the trademark is only as good as what the money is behind it. And we've used all of our money trying to protect the name. We will never, ever make a profit. Maybe Will Jr. will live long enough to make a profit, but <laughs> that's the only way your trademark is any good. And us being a privately held company, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of, lot of uh, bank, banking as far as a big pile of money in the bank, but uh, we try to protect the name Shaky, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a tough thing in the bait company because as soon as you come out with something and it's popular, uh, you need a, one of those little hand clickers to start clicking off how many people are copying your bait and making it. And it, it doesn't take long. A couple, a couple of years ago, I remember... Uh, uh, Whopper Plopper was huge. Uh, they were selling those things for over list price on, on eBay and that. And uh, it, it didn't even, it usually takes till the next season for all of the, the, the lookalikes to come out. It took about 60 days. That, that lure was so hot, it took about 60 days for the imitators to come out. And I said, here you go. I wonder if it's worth fighting to keep this or just give up or sell to a big guy. Uh it's got to be frustrating to see other people stealing your ideas. Well, you know, like on the shaky worm and shaky head, there's really there's nothing there to patent. Um, I've actually went and, and talked to quite a few people um, in the law firm business about doing patents on this, that, and the other, but that's why we trademarked it because there was really, there was already a jig head out there, not like what we have now. With a premium hook, and there was already a straight tail worm. Um, there's lots of companies that did the straight tail worm, but when you put the two together to have a technique, then uh, you know we knew we had something real special. But um, but a patent is only as good as how much you got. A buddy of mine told me if you didn't have a million dollars in the bank, a patent really wasn't any good. So. And I know that for a fact. You know, I've talked to several people that protected your patents. So, um, uh, one of the one of the, another big knockoff that that we had um, some involvement with. We didn't own it, but we helped help design do some design work and help get the first ones out. But that was called a chatterbait. Oh, sure. A guy by the name of, a guy by the name of uh, Ron Davis and Ron Davis Jr. Uh, we helped them develop that bait, and now the company Z-Man, um, which is a great company, has like six patents on that bait. So 
Um, they have the backing to protect their patents, so they're good to go. Hey, Ian, I, I was thinking about that. Uh, uh, if, you're, if you're throwing one of your products that we've already talked about, people will do anything to get back out of the water off a snag because they don't want to lose that quality Davis product. And, and, and you tip that with uh, some of that uh, uh, Z-Man Elastec uh, stuff, which seems to never want to uh, go away or lose. It's indestructible. Boy, you're killing the tackle industry. You only need to buy one jig and one plastic. You're fishing for weeks. That's right. That's right. And yeah, that's uh, – I'll tell you that uh, there's a lot of great companies out here, and uh, we're proud. We've built a lot of baits for a lot of different companies. Um, some the most people know who we build for. We also build the tooling now to make baits for these companies a lot of it's made overseas and uh we do all the tooling for that so um just like i said it's it's a blessing to us to be able to be in this industry that's for sure and you know what uh the the, the people who participate in the industry are blessed to have william davis in it making these quality baits thinking up ways to catch more fish and Doing it every day. Uh, you sold me. I am a big fan of Davis Bates now, and I'm a big fan of Mr. William Davis. Thanks for being with us. I enjoyed talking to you. I wish we had more time. How about we do it again sometime, William Davis? Uh, I'm in. Whatever you you will have me. It's been an honor, and I uh, had a great time with you guys this morning. Excellent. God bless you, William Davis. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you very much. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best iron fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Stan Johnson from St. Croix, Anastasia Patterson. She's the one on the cover of Bassmaster Magazine this month. Wow, how cool is that? Worcester William Davis, a lore inventor, fisherman. Uh, this guy just does it all. He's an interesting character to say the least, Mr. William Davis. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They sure do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget, you can always check us out on our website, wefishasa.com. We love correspondence. We answer everything we get. So please write to us and say hello. Let us know what's on your mind. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm here with Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.